Yeah. I don't think you can say BS. Um, BS. <laughs> Welcome to Christians in the Public Square with your hosts, Cole Bennett and Scott Self. Hey, buddy. Good morning, Scott. How are you? Oh, I'm really excited uh, to talk about this article as we were prepping. I kept thinking, man, I just wish we were recording already. (laughs) Well, first, let's say good morning to our listeners and to remind them of what they're listening to and what our tenants are. This is Christians in the Public Square, also called CP2. And Scott, we operate via three tenets that we hold dear. What's the first one? It's been a while since we did these, so I'm going to... Do you have your cheat sheet? Yeah, I don't have a cheat sheet or anything. (laughs) So it was the first is sacred cows make great barbecue. That's right. Sacred cows do. And the second one is that we let our flag fly proudly. We will lift up what we think are good ideas to be held up and we will accept criticism of them, but we'll still hold on to them. That's right. And number three is we're brothers first and everything else is details bros before politicos. That's right. Um, okay. So uh, help us. Uh, I put the, uh, a link to the article we're going to discuss in show notes. This is an article by Ian Lovett um, in the wall street journal titled, Our Lord Isn't Woke, the Southern Baptists Clash Over Their Future. So talk to us a little bit about this article, Cole, and and why you recommended that we review it. Yes, the Wall Street Journal publishes a little bit longer pieces from time to time, essays of human interest that they feel will appeal to large swaths of their readership. Our Lord Isn't Woke, that's in a set of quotes, and then Southern Baptist class over their future is an article that concerns one of the largest Christian denominations in our country and some of the turmoil that they have been going through in the past year or so. It was published in June 11 of 2021, and there's quite a bit of material in here to consider, but essentially it's driven by Uh, the third paragraph. So it's a short paragraph that sets the tone and forecasts the article. Let me read it to you, okay? It says, one faction argues that the Southern Baptist Convention should step back from its role in electoral politics in order to broaden its reach and reverse a 15-year decline in membership. Another faction says the denomination has been drifting to the left And the way to retain and attract members is to recommit to its conservative roots and stay politically engaged. So really, it's a fight over the core, end quote, it's a fight over the core mission or what they, what each quote unquote faction sees as the core mission of the SBC. And to me, I, this article really rang out to me as as fodder for our podcast, because essentially they're arguing, in my view, on whether this denomination as a a political entity should engage in the states and try to bring Christianity back to America, so to speak, or whether it should disengage and concern itself mostly with church matters. That's a, that's a bird's eye view of what's happening in this article. So when I sent it to you and you read it, you said, 
here's the first thing I want to talk about, which is what? <laughs> I'm not sure that conservatives are represented in the same way in this article that the other camp are. And I don't think it's called liberals. It seems to me that this is a dichotomy that is characterized as between conservatives and large tent, not liberals. It's not conservatives v. liberals, but it ends up being a conversation between conservatives or people who believe that there should be a small tent that is only allied with the right and a group who believe that the, the tent should be larger and should include all people right and left. I'm not sure that's the proper dichotomy. And, and I'm saying that because I want to be fair to the people, some of the people, not all the people, but some of the people on the right, they see what's happening as a poll to the left I'm not claiming that that's not that that is what's happening, but it's also an affected dichotomy. Does that make sense? Yes. It, it, the author is making an argument, mm-hmm. um, and is and has stated there is an editorial claim, and that dichotomy is a chosen dichotomy. It's not necessarily objectively true, and he. He makes the claim that the people that there is a faction who is actively trying to link the Southern Baptist Convention to the Republican Party for the sake of helping the state via its denomination. Right. Well, not just helping the state. I mean, listen to this paragraph. Lewis. Lewis Richardson, who attended an event with Mr. Stone near his Baton Rouge church, said he would be in Nashville this year. He said he supported Mr. Stone in part because his clear message opposing ideologies like CRT. Southern Baptists should, this is quote, Southern Baptists should thank God for Donald Trump, Mr. Richardson said. He smoked out the liberals in the convention. <laughs> so the, the author is not, I don't think the author is being unfair. But clearly, uh, he's he has set Mr. Uh, Mr. Richardson as a as one camp in this in this uh, conversation. Right. Mm-hmm. This is a politically aligned. Who believes that liberal equals bad or evil. And so therefore, Donald Trump is is useful because he smoked out liberals in our um, in our convention. And we need to get rid of them. Okay, and how how is how are people who believe that Donald Trump smoked out liberals? How are they defining liberals? In this paragraph, in part because of his clear message opposing ideologies like critical race theory. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in other words, if we're going to talk about critical race theory, boy, there are so many layers of BS that get stacked to this, right? Because CRT has become kind of a a boogity man. Weren't well, you? it gets it gets. What's what CRT is and the way that CRT gets bantied about in the news media is a di- is they're totally two totally different things. But okay. yeah, you can boil it. You can boil a theory down to its talking points, and it's rejected. It should be rejected by everyone. Uh, but anyway, I, I don't think that's the rabbit hole I want to go down here. I want I want to say that I think the I think the author has posited. Uh, small tent against large tent. And 
Um, I'm not sure that everybody in this um, in this contest would see that in the same way. Some would see that as one small tent, and then you're trying to move the tent to some other small tent that I'm not welcome in. Mm. Okay. I think they're wrong, but that's how they would see it. Yeah. So he, uh, the author of this article identifies a few different camps. You know, um, I think all the camps are noting that membership of or people who are choosing the Baptist denomination is going down, right? So they're all trying to decide what to do about it. Add to that the layer of some of the camps really see themselves as attached to the state for religiously appropriate reasons, for, for reasons I would associate with their calling. You know, we want, they have the, they, they mentioned Mike Huckabee here as a person who um, represents that camp of, of someone who says, we want to return, we want to help return America to its Christian roots, both the, the Republican Party and the Southern Baptist Convention. And that is not what some of the other factions have to say about it. And then um, a couple of the other factions are deciding how much to disengage and how much they must, um, how much they must demonstrate that they are welcoming to society as a whole in order to garner the support of more types of people in their congregations. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now that we've kind of laid that out, Scott, uh, I, I think it, the reason I'm, I'm excited to talk to you about this opinion is I want to know your thoughts on two things. To what degree should a denomination be concerned as a calling with helping their citizens find Christian roots if they believe that Christian roots founded the country? I think I know your answer to that. And number two, to what degree should a congregation say to itself, we are not evangelizing well if we don't have representatives of each strata of society in our congregation? Well, okay, but that's converse, congregation and denomination, I think, are sure. two different things. Okay, you're right. Denomination, that's what I meant. Yeah, the argument is that the argument in the article uh, amongst for some is that they're not sure that black churches are welcome in this in the Southern Baptist Convention because their representation of and their voice related to CRT is not welcome. Right. Okay. That's what they're claiming. Yes. Yeah. That's the overarching issue is whether, whether CRT is welcome in, in the critical race theory is welcome in the Southern Baptist convention. And if it's not, then are black folks welcome. Right. I think this is a fair question insofar as the evidence that's presented Again, the evidence is selected, but the evidence that is selected and presented suggests that that is absolutely the case. We're not allowed to talk about it. And I'm I'm referencing if you if uh, if you read in the article um, about Mr. Andrews, mm -hmm. who's a um, pastor of a predominantly black SBC congregation in the state of Georgia, um, criticized one of the uh, big wigs. Uh, Mr. Stone and his in his post about how um, CRT is terrible 
and Mr. Andrews in his criticism said, critics of the theory of, of critical race theory are effectively denying systemic racism and blaming black people for their lower financial worth and higher rates of incarceration. And then he was fired from the American Mission Board within days. And he claims that this is because of that, um, that his bosses told him that it's because he insulted a partner of the agency. Well, what that's effect, according to the article, that's effectively saying you don't belong here. And that that point of view doesn't belong here because it insults a partner of our agency. It insults somebody who's a very important and that person can't be insulted. You can't talk and insulted in, in the way it's presented. I keep qualifying all this because I don't know. And I understand that there are editorial choices being made, but at least in the argument, insulting someone means uh, criticizing their view on critical race theory. Yeah. We don't know exactly what the criticism was and if it might've been, yeah. extremely vitriolic or whatever, but right. yes, it does seem to equate criticism of CRT with a reason to be fired from the North American mission board. You were, you brought up that you were, that, that you think that this is interesting because America, America's largest Protestant denomination is highly concerned about factions and unity and political strategy. How do you understand these factions playing out with one another? Do you think that this is about policy? Do you think this is about about evangelism? Do you think it's about identity? Do you think it's about conservative versus liberal? How do you understand this dichotomy? I think it's about two things. I think it's about conservative versus liberal, but I also think it's about youth versus non-youth. Notice I did not say old or elderly, but youth. I don't think young people today, speaking broadly, have a lot of room in their spirits to unite politics with their religion. You know, we work at a Christian university where we see data every year of the number of students who do not identify with any denomination. If they haven't already left the church, they are going to community or Bible churches or churches that don't affiliate very strongly with any larger thing, right? Yeah. And so I don't, I understand why people who are really concerned with their denomination having an effect on voting blocks. I, I see those as people who are not young. So I think that's one, one place I would put down a peg from my observation and reading. And the other is uh, I do see um, a lot of churches and this is not in the article, but your question kind of asks me a broader question than the article, Scott. I, I see a lot of churches keeping a, a, a gaze fixed on their membership ranks, not just at the congregational level, but at the denominational level. They're, the numbers of people in the church, they keep a, um, a strong gaze on that as they make decisions about the changing religious landscape. Okay, and they they factor in how it will affect who comes in the church door as they make hard decisions about a culture that is moving. Yeah, does that make sense? Uh, okay, uh, what you're saying, what I hear you saying is they're worried about numbers and percentages and demographics rather yes. than positions. Yes. 
they're worried, or at least they are highly worried about both. As they worry about one, they worry about another one. You know, and that's so the conservatives aren't really worried about growing the size of the congregation. They're comfortable if if they are comfortable with an increasingly white and increasingly smaller representation and liberals are concerned with a larger and more diverse group. That's really the dichotomy you're you're identifying in a very general way. Yes. And I know that our I had a preacher years ago who described it this way. Christians try to stand at an arm's length from culture to remain, you know, quote unquote, untainted or unsullied. But then as culture moves and you keep moving at the arm's length, suddenly you're at a very different position from where people were 50 years ago, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and so the arm's length is no longer very much of a distance. So we are in a culture that is, I would say, obsessed and even making an idol out of diversity optics and our church, when I look around, I see many churches who are really concerned with diversity optics. And I'm not sure that, they're, uh, to me, the reasoning about wanting such diversity optics doesn't always make sense. Again, this is not a congregation. This is a denomination and the largest denomination. And I, th- and I think that the part of the reason for looking at this on this scale is you have large swaths of African-American churches asking whether they are welcome in the SBC. So it's not, it's not a question of, it's not looking at our numbers and seeing that they are shrinking and making, making conclusions about what that means. It's folks saying we're about to go because we don't think we're welcome here. Yes. And I would want to examine the reasons they think they are not welcome. Sure. Before I before I decide that the reason is automatically already uh, worthy. That's fair, and I that, that, I think that's my criticism of the article is I don't know that it actually unpacks that. I don't think it. I don't think it actually analyzes that. I mean, it, this is the way it's kind of put to, put up. It's it's put up as Stone v. Lytton, right? Stone wants to be more allied with the Republican Party or with a particular version of the Republican Party. Uh, This is the argument in the article is Mr. Litton has made increasing uh, racial diversity in the convention, one of the core issues of his campaign. And he said, I would like to see us maintain a healthy distance when it comes to political movements. So one is more closely allied with a specific movement, and the other is uh, a healthy distance from any uh, (laughs) political movement. That's the dichotomy that they're representing here. I'm not sure it's a fair dichotomy, but that's the dichotomy that's being represented. Do you want to make any comment about the um, the pairing of the SBC with with political parties that are trying to return Christian uh, Americans to their Christian roots? I think I know what you feel, but I, I wonder if you want to make any comment about it. The idea that there is that our nation was founded uh, as a Christian nation is a mythology that doesn't look at the facts, doesn't care about the facts, doesn't care about some of the, the, uh, uh, the ironies that are baked into that, right? And if, if our nation was founded on Christian principles, then I think we need to talk very, very, very seriously about what Christian principles are. And in fact, I think that's the problem. I think the problem here okay. is that 
um, <laughs> that we've equated being a part of a convention with being a part of the body of Christ. Yes. I'm going to sound like a typical church of Christer here for a minute, but that's totally okay with me because I think it's important here mm-hmm. is if a group leaves the SBC, have they left Christ? Interesting. If I leave the SBC and the SBC becomes increasingly unchristian, is that really the problem? Mm-hmm. Right. I don't think, I don't think stone rep stone does not represent a version of Christianity that I am in any way interested in participating in. But if that happens for uh, a number of us, and let's say a number of us are correct, then really what's the problem? What's the, the, the only problem really is whether, whether our convention has power in another vein or it doesn't have power in another vein. And this comes all the way back to our second episode in season one. I yep. think that I yep. think the problem is assuming that we have to have power in order to be meaningful in the public square. And I don't okay. think I have to have I don't think I have to have a say in whether you get to smoke weed or don't smoke weed in order to have an influence on you. Let me just put in front of you um, a hypothetical interlocutor who says to you, but Scott. And I think you and I, Scott, both know people whose hearts are really in the right place who say, you know, if you if you look at history. We can see the American experiment as a place that not only breeds the individual freedom that politicians talk about, but the spiritual freedom that was the first of its kind in the world. Where people could worship as they please and evangelize as they please. And isn't that something that is at least resonant with Christianity in ways that are worth holding on to? If you were white. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I mean, that's the, that's why that I'm not trying to be clever. Uh, but, But my point is, that's what, I was, that's what I was saying earlier. If you want to say that our founding fathers are doing something that is fundamentally Christian, I think I want to have a real long conversation about whether that's fundamentally Christian. Maybe that's a great, co- a great conversation for us to have in the future. I don't think it's Christian. Well, I think what, it's what it freedom be- and freedom gets Christianized. And that's, the, that's convenient because that th- then provides some religious um, battle hymn of the Republic type of, of, call to uh to a political cause but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's christian but would it have to be perfect for it to be christian um well the the truth of the matter is it can't be perfect and it can't be christian okay in fact i think this is the problem for sbc christianity is uh, uh paul describes it this way that Christ, though he was in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be grasped, but emptied himself, poured himself out, became obedient to death, even death on a cross. The idea here is one of sacrifice. And I'm I'm channeling my inner neighbor when I say this, but um, uh, that's a great title. Um, but I don't think an organization can be Christian. I don't think a, a nation can be Christian. I don't think 
Southern Baptist Convention can be Christian. I don't think that organizations can be Christian. I think the church could be the church, but the church has to be willing to empty itself, to become nothing, to be obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Would you not go farther than to say that the church and organization can't be Christian, but Larry can be a Christian and Sally can be a Christian? Well, no, I don't, I don't think so. Well, at least not from a New Testament point of view, Paul believes the church is the body of Christ. So it's not that Larry is the body of Christ. Okay. The church is the body of Christ. But it's only the body of Christ when it decides to act like Christ. And to act like Christ, according to Paul, is to mm. pour oneself out. Okay, so if a bunch of Christians got together and decided as Christians to form a new country, the moment they started the new country as a political body. Yeah, um, to form is already a problem. Okay, okay. Yeah, and I think this is the problem that the, that SBC is having, and this is why you end up um, selling your birthright for a bowl of red soup, is that the question is, are we, are we growing? Is our is do we are we uh, are we attractive to this group of people? Are we attractive to that group of people? Instead of are we are, are we acting more like Christ? And I think mm. if you were to ask that question, you stop being an organization that people can be hired or fired from. I think you'd start you'd stop being an organization that people can feel unwelcome to. I mean, unless you're just don't feel like being in relationship with Jesus, you know, I, I, I think that, and, and again, Paul's argument is at the end of the day, we can get along in diversity, diversity of thought. I love when he says in Philippians, I think it's in Philippians later in Philippians too, but I'm not positive where he says, think about it. And if you think otherwise, that's fine too. <laughs> that his willingness to, and, and Philippians is a great study on what it means to have unity. It's not unity around a, a point of view. It's not unity around being in Yodia's camp or in Syntyche's camp. It's not about which camp you're in or who you're allied to. It's about whether you agree to participate in the, um, in the pouring out work of Christ and to be a part of that body. A big part of the problem here is that we're not talking about Christianity. We're talking about organizational relationships, and that's fundamentally not the problem. It's not the, it's not the issue for Christianity. For the yes, and let's let's remind our listeners that nor are we sitting back throwing stones at the Southern Baptist Convention. We- <laughs> right, right, right. This is a this is a problem that I think the church has in relationship to its expression of power. And not, and I don't mean power in only in terms of political influence, because I'm not saying Lytton has it better by saying, oh, we want to maintain a healthy distance. It, that's for the sake of SPC. And when, when an organization acts in its own best interest or its own self-interest, it is no longer the body of Christ <laughs> because it's not pouring itself out. Mm. I think this is a great illustration of how we really, I think, need to ask is what we're doing really about Christ or is what we're doing really about maintaining our denomination or maintaining our convention or maintaining our congregation or maintaining our, uh, you know, whatever organization and its, and its health. And I, 
and I think, uh, yeah, to be fair to Southern Baptist Convention, we in the Churches of Christ have done this too, because we think, well, our church is getting smaller. And so if our church is getting smaller, that's a problem. And we need to change what we think or open up or narrow down. However, it is we need to adjust to make sure we grow, which which really means nothing more than taking some, taking members from one congregation and sticking them in ours. 